don't know about you, but I love Easter. Easter is one of my uh, favorite holidays. I actually prefer it over Christmas, and uh, I love Easter, and Easter is just all about Jesus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and so uh, it's an amazing thing that he has done, but I also love Easter because it's just things that just feel different at Easter. It's like springtime has come, the winter has gone, and uh, the nice days are coming. Uh, People get dressed up at Easter. Look at the band. I'm like the worst dressed person on stage this morning. The band, they're all wearing ties and stuff. It's great. I love Easter. Easter speaks of flowers, blooming flowers in the yard. Uh, It speaks of chocolate eggs. Who likes chocolate eggs? Uh, I don't know about you, but I love chocolate eggs. Speaks of bunnies. I don't know, just like watching little bunnies hop around. We've got some in our yard right now, and they're about to terrorize our yard. I know it, but they're so darn cute. And uh, and then uh, Easter also speaks of allergies, right? Who's suffering with allergies right now? Anyone here? Yeah. It speaks of uh, women in like uh, yellow summer dresses or spring dresses. I don't know what it is about Easter in yellow, but everybody just kind of wears yellow, and uh, so uh, good on you if you're wearing yellow today. Uh, But I love Easter, and so you would think, well, Alex, what are you going to talk to us about today on Easter? Are you going to talk to us about flowers? Are you going to talk to us about the color yellow? Are you going to talk about bunnies or chocolate eggs? And I'm saying, no, I'm going to talk to you today about snakes. Snakes. So for those of you who may be new here, we are not that kind of church that like deals with snakes. So just went like, this is not real. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to talk to you about snakes because when I was uh, a young boy, uh, I didn't want a dog. I didn't want a cat. I didn't want a hamster or a guinea pig or a rabbit. I wanted a snake. And uh, so I don't know why, just something within me just wanted a snake. And so I bugged my mom and I kept bugging her and bugging her. I want a snake. I want a snake. In the end, she caved in. And uh, you, you know parents, you know, if your kids just bug you enough, you'll eventually cave in. And so she caved in. She goes, okay, we'll go get so we went to our local pet store, and in there, there was all different kinds of animals, and there was different kinds of snakes, and there was like big ones and small ones, uh, but then there was a tank, and it was full of hundreds of snakes. I mean, like tons of snakes. They were all crawling on each other. It was kind of like nasty, and I looked, and I'm like, I want one of those, and in the tank, there were American garter snakes, and so they were a little smaller than this uh, This snake. They're not poisonous or anything, and so, so I said, I want one of those, so the guy in the pet shop was like, oh, let me go get someone else. I don't like snakes. I'm not going to go and put my hand in there. But my mom and like my mom got so much credibility with me or, or, or after she did this. But my mom was like, don't worry, I'll get my hand. I'll put my hand in and pull a snake out. So my mother put a hand full in a tank of like hundreds of snakes and she pulls out this snake and he was like a live wire. He was going crazy. And I'm like, that's the one. And we took him home and we named him Monty and as in Monty Python. And uh, he was a massive of escape, and I love this snake, and but he would always get out, and so sometimes we'd come downstairs uh, in the morning, and he's gone out of his like aquarium cage we had him in. I don't know how he got out, but then we'd find him around the house and stuff uh, like that. One time, my dad, he was a pastor, and one of the deacons from the church came to see him about some important church issues, and they were in the kitchen, and then my, my dad said that 
the deacon's eyes got so bright or so large because suddenly looked round and there was my snake on the floor, you know, and uh, what, what a way to scare a church deacon, bring a snake around. Uh, and, and so he was a great snake. And the thing about this snake is he was a fine snake. He was a good pet. In the end, he, he escaped one time and never came back. My mom says to this day, I think he's still under the house and he's like this big python now. Uh, but he probably got eaten by a cat or something. I don't know. But he was a great snake. But most of you, or many of you, you are like Indiana Jones. You hate snakes. Like something just went through you when I even showed this snake to you. You hate snakes. You have a fear of snakes, and you don't want a snake biting you because you think if the snake bites you, it's going to kill you. But did you know that 85% of snake species are actually not dangerous to humans at all? They don't even like us. They don't even want to be near us. There is a small percentage of snakes that give all the other snakes a bad name. Sounds a little like church at times, right? But, but there's a small percentage of snakes and about 30 species of snakes have a poisonous bite. They are, uh, they, they, they are dangerous to uh, humans. And what will happen if they come and they bite you, then uh, it, the initial bite of a snake bite is a very painful bite. Uh, it's not like it's bee sting. It's even worse. It's very painful and it hurts. And then what will happen immediately, the, 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 the tissue and the muscle and the skin around the bite will start to die immediately. But that's not what's going to kill you. What's going to kill you? It's going to inject venom into you. The venom will get into your bloodstream. Your blood will start to get like jello and, uh, and then start to clot. And as it starts to clot, it, it stops the blood flowing to important and vital organs in your body like, uh, like your liver and your kidneys and your heart. And eventually you will die because blood cannot flow into the important vitals of your body. Isn't this so positive for Easter, right? Don't you love it? Like, Alex, what on earth has a snake got to do with Easter? It's like, you should be talking about bunnies or something, not snakes. And I will tell you, snakes have got everything to do with Easter. And this is why. John chapter 3 tells us that Jesus met a man called Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious man. He was a man who had studied religion and religious history and religious law. And uh, he was intrigued by the teachings of Jesus. He'd seen Jesus perform some miracles, and he wanted to get a closer look at Jesus. But because of his position, he didn't want to jeopardize his position uh, as a religious teacher. And so he didn't want to be seen with Jesus in public. So one night, when nightfall came, he secretly made his way to Jesus and met with Jesus. And they started talking. Jesus didn't enter into any small talk at all. Immediately, Jesus made a statement to Nicodemus that that was uh, one of the central statements of our Christian faith. And this is what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. 
Unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus is confused and he's like, what, what, what does that mean? He was like, that's impossible unless I'm born again. Like, can I go in my mother's womb again and be born again? Like, that's physically impossible. What are you talking about? And Jesus says, look, Nicodemus, you see things through human eyes and earthly eyes. But I will show you things through spiritual eyes and heaven's eyes. See, that's what Jesus does with us. Jesus helps us see with spiritual eyes. Things that you can't see or understand, Jesus helps us see those things. And so to help Nicodemus, Jesus gives him an example of something that happened on earth that Nicodemus had studied in the past before to explain the reason Jesus had been sent from heaven and to explain the meaning behind what it means to be born Again, and so we're going to pick up this story in John chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 14. It says this, Jesus said to Nicodemus, and as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes will not perish, but will have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So here Jesus tells us that there is someone called the son of man. And the son of man has come to save the world. That if you believe on the Son of Man, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life, everlasting life. That's what Jesus is saying. That the Son of Man has come not to judge the world, but to save the world. And Jesus says that in exactly the same way that Moses lifted up a bronze snake on a pole, in exactly the same way, Jesus will be lifted up on a pole as well. So what Jesus is saying, he's saying that this example of what Moses did shows us exactly what the Son of Man has done. So you may think, well, what did Moses do? What's this all about snakes and poles? Kind of sounds a little cultish, if you ask me, kind of kind of weird. What, what's going on? Well, let's take a look at this story. It's found in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 21. And we'll start reading at verse 4. It says, then the people of Israel sat out for, oh, set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go along or around the land of Eden. But, it says, but the people grew impatient with the long journey. And they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness, they complained. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manner. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes, like this, sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of the poisonous snake and attach it to, the, to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. 
So Moses made a snake out of, a, out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by the snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. So here we got the children of Israel. They are being led by God. And they are not liking where God is leading them. It's taking too long. They're becoming impatient. They don't like the fact that God is in control and they're not. And, and so they don't want God to be in, any, in control anymore. They want to be in control of their life, in control of their destiny. So they turn away from God, start, start complaining against God and doing their own thing. Now, the problem for humanity is that when we turn away from God, there is always consequence and judgment. Now, these people, they, 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 they had turned away from God, and there's three, three ways they had turned away from God. The first thing was this. They stopped believing that God was for them. They said this, why, God, have you brought us here to die? Now, they believed, they were starting to believe that God did not want the best for them. That God wanted the worst. That God had, had brought them into this desert place that they were living at the time to kill them. Which is totally not true. But they stopped believing that God was for them. They also stopped believing that God would provide for them. Now in the, in the desert, there's not much food or drink in the desert. There's, there's not a, a local grocery store that they can go to. And they started to say to God, there is nothing to eat here. There is nothing to drink. They stopped believing that God would provide for them. And then the last thing was this. They threw God's blessing back at him. They threw God's blessing back at his face. See, they said this. They said, and this manna is horrible. We hate this horrible manna. Now, what manna was, because they lived in the desert, God said to them, I'm going to provide what this thing called manna, which was like this grainy substance that appeared every day in the desert. And so the Israelites could cook with it and they could make bread with it and they could eat. And then at the end of every day, God says to throw it away because it will not be good the next day. And I will provide manna again for you. So this happened every single day. God provided manna for them. And they decided to throw God's blessing back at him and said, we hate this horrible manna. And so the consequence was that God's judgment and God's hand of protection came off them. And the judgment was death by way of snake. Now, I don't know about you, but when I die, I don't want to die because of a snake. I don't want to die because of a snake bite. But this is what happened. Snakes went all through the camp and they started biting people and people started dying. And there were people dying everywhere and there was death in the camp. And as fear gripped the camp of the Israelites, suddenly they started to repent. To repent means to turn back. Remember, they had turned away from God and they repented. They turned back to God and they started to cry out to Moses. We have sinned against God. Pray for us that God will not have his judgment on us. So Moses prayed to God and the answer he gives is both wacky and supernatural. He says to Moses, Moses, create a snake, a replica of the snake, put it on a pole and lift it up just like this. That's not a real snake, by the way. I tried to find a cobra in Bel Air, but I just couldn't find one. And so Moses made 
a pole with a snake on. And he lifted it up. And everybody who was bitten by the snake started to look up at the snake on the pole. And they started to find healing. They were dying and now they started to live. The, the, the ones whose, whose tissue and muscle and skin had died, it started to be revived to life. The, the blood that was clotting inside them started to flow freely again. And everybody who was dying, when they looked up at the snake on the pole, they started to live again. It was an incredible miracle of what God had done. Those who were dead came back to life again. And so going back to Jesus, Jesus says to Nicodemus, in the same way that Moses put a snake on a pole and lifted it up, in the same way the Son of Man will be elevated, put on a pole and lifted up. He will be lifted up. Now, Jesus doesn't mean lifted up on a platform, put on a platform for everybody to worship him. Jesus is saying, just like this snake was nailed to a pole, he also will be nailed to a pole. Now, Jesus tells us in John chapter 9, verses 35 to 37, he confirms that he is the Son of Man. He says that I am the Son of Man. So Jesus is telling us that I am the one who will be lifted up on a pole. And when you look at me, you will be saved. What this tells us, firstly, it tells us that we as people, we are dying. We are dying. We have been bitten by deadly poison and there is no anti-venom. You cannot go to Upper Chesapeake. You cannot even go to John Hopkins and get the anti-venom. There is no anti-venom around that you are dying. See, but we have not been bitten by snakes. We have been bitten by sin. And sin has bit us. And our sin has been in us. Our skin and our muscles and our tissues, they have died. And the oxygen to our souls is clotting. And our minds and our bodies and our souls, they are shutting down. Because the bite of sin is so deadly in our lives. Now in the Christian calendar, this week has been what they call Holy Week. It's been the week that, that talks about the Last Supper and, and, and the arrest of Jesus and then, uh, and then the trial of Jesus and the, the death of Jesus. And it, and, it, and it finishes today with the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, just as Moses lifted up the serpent to break the curse of the snake bites, so Jesus has been lifted up on a cross just like this to break the curse of sin and death. That bite of sin in your life is killing you and you are dying because of it. But Jesus has been put on a cross, nailed to a cross, lifted up, so all that can look at him will be healed. Galatians 3 verse 13 tells us, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on a cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. 
the people of Israel were cursed because of the snake bites. We have a curse, and it's, a, and it's because of the bite of sin in our lives. And Jesus became that curse for us. He hung on a cross so that you can look up and believe. And he says, if you believe, you will not die, but you will live. And it is because of the cross of Jesus that our blood, that the blood of our souls starts to flow once again. That we start to have life in our bodies once again. We are born again. What Jesus told Nicodemus, that we are born again. We have a second chance of life. Now for Moses, his bronze snake stayed on the pole. It never came down off the pole. In fact, you, you, you see that the, the, the snake, uh, the bronze snake, it didn't get rid of the snakes. It just got rid of the power of the bite of the snakes. But it stayed, this bronze snake, snake stayed on the pole. It was only a symbol of God's healing power. But this is the amazing thing about the Israelites. Some of them were just crazy. Did you know they started to trust the snake more than they trusted God? They started to believe in the snake more than they believed in God. In fact, they even started to make a God out of the snake and worship the snake instead of the one true God. And many people in this world today, they've done the same with Jesus. This is their view of Jesus. They believe that Jesus was a good man who had a lot of good things to say. He did some amazing miracles. And he's a, a good, good model to follow in life. And that he died a terrible death. But that's it. Their Jesus is a dead Jesus. Their Jesus is a Jesus who looks just like this. He is dead on a cross. Their Jesus is a Jesus, he's a good model to follow, but there's no life in him at all. However, Jesus shows us that not only did he break the power of sin's bite, not only did he die on a cross, not only was he lifted up on a pole so that we can live, but the story of Jesus tells us that he just didn't overcome sin and give us our life back, but he is also victorious. And he is victorious not only just over sin, but he is victorious over death, for he defeated death and the grave. And this is what we are told. Jesus died on a Friday night. He was put in a tomb. And on, a, on the Saturday, it was the Sabbath. And so Jewish custom was nobody could do anything on the Sabbath at all. And then Sunday morning came. And some of the ladies who had followed Jesus, they went to the tomb where Jesus was to get some spices and put some spices around his body and embalm him as he was buried in this tomb. And as they went there, they suddenly noticed that the stone over the tomb, the door, had been rolled away. And there were two huge men in dazzling clothes like angels who were standing there. And this is what happens. Luke chapter 12, verse 
24, verse 5, says, The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what I told you back in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. They went there. Jesus was not there. Do you know why? Because Jesus had gone into the grave. The Bible tells us he went into a place called Hades and he took the keys of sin and death and Jesus was no longer in the tomb for death could not keep him. So our pole that we look at is no longer a bronze serpent. When we have been bitten by a snake to be healed, that is not our pole anymore. Our pole is not a dead Jesus on a cross. That is not the symbol of our lives anymore. But instead, because Jesus has been risen from the dead, this is like really heavy, so watch it. Our symbol now is an empty cross. It is the cross of Jesus. And when we have sinned and the bite of sin is is tearing us apart, we can look up at the cross of Jesus and we see that, that sin no longer has power, that death no longer has power, that the grave no longer has power, for the, the cross is empty, for Jesus has risen from the dead. And so when you go through sin, you can look up and you realize that sin Sin no longer has bites anymore. When, when you go through issues in life and, and you go through diseases and problems, you can look up and you can find healing. You can find healing for your marriage, healing for your home, healing for your body. You can find forgiveness. You can find uh, that, that shame is no more when you look at the empty cross of Jesus because it speaks that Jesus is alive. He is not dead. He overcame death. For he is risen from the dead. And that is what Easter is all about. It's not about a serpent. It's not about a crucifix with Jesus on the cross. It's about a God who is alive forevermore. For he has risen from the dead. Romans chapter 6. And verses 8 to 11 tells us. And since we died with the power of sin, and since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. And he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ 
Jesus. So this Easter, we have the assurance that because Christ lives, we live also. That because Jesus broke the power of sin and shame, we no longer have to be a slave to sin's power. It, its bite no longer has any venom because of Jesus. For the anti-venom is available. It is found when we look at the cross of Jesus. And so today, because Jesus is resurrected, he is now resurrecting you. Let's bow our heads in prayer.